With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now he's making room. He gets to the 50. He gets to midfield. He gets to the 40. What an athletic display by Trey Ford. He's magic. He is the magic man of the Canadian Football League right now. He's got a line to the net. He'll come in. The shot scores! home for great stories, local heroes, and everything you need on the Oilers and Elks. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. When I sweat, turkey gravy comes out. NHL tonight, early in the third period, 2-2, Senators and Maple Leafs. Second period, Boston up 4-0 on Buffalo. Penguins up 4-0 on the Islanders. Hurricanes lead the Predators 2-zip. Wild lead the Wings 2-1. Blues up 1-0 on Dallas. Games in the third period. Columbus leading the Devils 2-1. Rangers lead the Capitals 3-1. And the Panthers lead the Lightning 2-1. Five games still to come. The Avalanche and the Coyotes, the Jets and the Blackhawks about to get underway. Bottom of the hour, Calgary home to Seattle. And in one hour, Golden Knights at Anaheim, Sharks at Kings. And then the Sharks go home to face your Edmonton Oilers tomorrow. It's on 6.30, Chad, with the face-off show at 7. The game will start at 8.30. The Oilers flew and then practiced today in San Jose. They didn't hit the ice till around 5 o'clock mountain. The line combinations as posted on Twitter by Bob Stoffer, McDavid between Nugent Hopkins and Hyman, Dreisaitl between McLeod and Fogel, Ryan centers Kane and Yanmark, Hamblin with Ernie and Brown, Dylan Holloway skated as the extra forward. More on him in a couple of minutes. And the deep pairings the same as well. Nurse CeCe, Echo Bouchard, Kulak Deharnay with Gleason as the extra forward. Skinner will start in net tomorrow against the Sharks. The Oilers uh, getting some good contributions uh, from almost all the forwards lately. Uh, each line scored an important goal at some point over the last two games against the Devils and the Islanders. And that line of Dreisaitl, McLeod, and Fogel starting to come around. Here's head coach Chris you know, having McLeod on that line adds a little bit of a sp- bit of speed, um, but I think uh, all of them like to, um, you know, can make plays off the rush, especially in the on. Um, I think with Fogel and McLeod with their forechecking, I think they recover a lot of pucks for Leon to be able to make plays and spend time in the offensive zone. I know uh, Fogel and Leon are so good in the offensive zone, protecting the puck, especially below the goal line. Um, and you see the, the chances they've got, uh, especially the two against the Rangers. You know, those weren't necessarily offensive zone plays. They're more off the rush. And a lot of them came immediately off of uh, defensive structure, off the rush, uh, created a turnover, and the counterattack was quick, and um, they capitalized on those. So, you know, I think, um, you know, I think they're getting used to each other, and hopefully it's something that we can build on and we can keep that line together for a while. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Fogel's having a pretty good season overall. I know he doesn't finish as many chances as a lot of people 
would like. I think that's just kind of who he is as an offensive player. I think he's forechecked well. I think he's been skating well most of the season. McLeod's an interesting one because, uh, you know, the hope was he would be a third-line center. Right now he's on Dreisaitl's wing, and right now he has three goals in his last two games. So he's more than doubled the total of two that he had coming into the games against the Devils and the Rangers. Now, this means that Connor Brown is way down in the lineup got scratched against the Devils, played against the Rangers. He's almost become a PK special at, at this point. And uh, Evander Kane, who's likely been playing through something, has kind of been um, underwhelming his last 10 or 11 games, though he did get that important goal against the Rangers, uh, which brought about a slightly muted celebration, I thought. But that's how the team looked today at practice. And uh, Derek Ryan says, yeah, you know what? we got a bunch of versatile forwards. Yeah, I think there's a good group of guys that can kind of bounce around and play wherever, whether it's playing different wings or jumping in the middle or whatever it is, whatever needs be. So I think there's a lot of guys that fit that mold. Um, that's kind of what you have to be in today's NHL. You know, you have to be able to play in a lot of different positions and, and be able to contribute in those positions. So the Oilers slowly moving up in the standings. And I, I think slowly is the key word there, at least when you look at points, even though they have won 10 of their last 13 games. They are uh, only ahead of three teams in the Western Conference, Anaheim, Chicago, and San Jose, when it comes to points. Now, they have played the second fewest number of games in the West. They've played 31. L.A. has only played 30. So when you look at points percentage, the Oilers are ahead of Seattle and Calgary. Four games in hand on Seattle, three on Calgary, but things going in the right direction for Edmonton. Five points out of a playoff spot, but it's it shows you how long it can take when you start the season as poorly as they have. I'll tell you what, though, if they keep up this, place, uh, this pace under Chris Knobloch, they will be fine because they're 12-6 and six under Knobloch. That's pretty good. Two-thirds of your total points. They'll be fine if they do that the rest of the way. Knobloch, after practice today, was asked about his tenure so far. Obviously, there's highs and lows. Uh, the highs, um, the eight-game winning streak. The lows, uh, the three-game losing streak. But even the three-game losing streak, I thought we deserved a better fate. Um, I think we've been able to string together some wins. Uh, a lot of it has to do with just our defensive structure, eliminating goals from going in. And a lot of the credit has to be given to uh, our goaltending, uh, especially Stewart has played extremely well in some games. You look at the last two against um, New Jersey and uh, the especially the game against the Rangers. Um, you know, I thought we were flat early in the game. I don't think we had um, much chance early on, but he was able to keep the score low, just giving up one. Um, and then we were able to build a game and score those four goals in the third period. But, you know, if he lets in two or certainly three, probably doesn't give us an opportunity to get back in that game. But, um, um, yeah, so I think that's that's been very important. Yeah, if the Oilers get two-thirds of their remaining points, they would get to 99 points on the season, which would certainly have them in a playoff spot. I I mentioned two of the teams that the Oilers are chasing in terms of points play each other tonight, Calgary and Seattle. For uh, Oilers fans, you just don't want that game to go into overtime. Somebody's going to get the two points. You don't want somebody getting uh, a single point out of that one as well. All right, I mentioned Dylan Holloway on the trip, practicing today. Here's a quick update from Knobloch. Um, He'll be skating with us this week. Um, You know, we don't anticipate him playing this weekend or this week uh, in California. Um, Maybe when we get back home on the second, um, if not, then um, after on the weekend after that. And Sam Gagne will not participate on the road trip. Hopefully he's back January 2nd when the Oilers take on the Philadelphia Flyers. 
Hope you had a great time over Christmas, everybody. Uh, I'm back after four days off. Derek Scott is uh, working in the control room tonight. Derek, how are you? Good, Reed. Thanks for uh, having me on the show again. I'll well, look one, forward to it. One thing I did over Christmas, uh, spent most, uh, well, not most of the time, but a lot of time with uh, with my parents. was able to catch up with a couple friends as well over the four-day break. Uh, but, for, well, for the last few years, I suppose, especially once streaming services have become more prevalent than watching actual television mm. or watching shows off VHS, usually my parents and I have a show that we are actively watching together right sometimes it might take months or a year to, to finish depending on what we're doing occasionally we might finish something relatively quickly so this well i guess going back to july or august we've started watching some uh murder mystery type shows so we want and this probably took a couple months maybe three months to get through everything we watched all three seasons of only and we only watched together so either they're at my place or I'm at their place. We don't watch episodes separately and then discuss mm-hmm. them. We okay. try to be together as a family. So we watched Only Murders in the Building. Really enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, we watched a show that came out recently called The Murder at the End of the World. Do not recommend. Oh, it's, that was on my list. It's not terrible, but mm-hmm. I do not recommend. Okay. And then, now this is the first time we've watched it. I guess you could say we binged it. Mm-hmm. And to me, binging it is if you watch an entire season of a show in a, in a week or short like i think if yeah. you i think if a show has you know a 10 episode season and you take a month to watch it <laughs> i don't think that's binging it that's watching a couple shows a week it just happens to be the same one yeah that's, that's not normal, hard to do. that's normal but but th- so it, and I, and i so you know i knew they liked only murders in the building and then we watched the murder of the world and we like it was intriguing but ultimately not that great mm-hmm. and so I, I looked up some series to watch so this body show I, I, so I actually watched it at first myself, the first episode myself, on like the 22nd or something. And then I was over there Christmas Eve, and they said, they said, well, let's watch it. I said, well, I'll watch it again. So we watched the entire eight-episode uh, season. I, I believe in total we watched one episode on Christmas Eve, I think three on Christmas Day, and four yesterday. And we watched the last three back-to-back. Back to back to back. And sorry, which show was this again? It's called Bodies. It's on Netflix. Right. So I think it just came out recently, I think in the fall. And the premise is, is that there are four, there are London cops in four different time frames and they all discover the exact identical body. Cool. Uh, Pretty good. I would recommend, out of those three, I'd put it second after only murders in the building. So my off-topic topic today has nothing to do with Christmas at 780-496-0063. It's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You can also email insidesports at 630ched.com. Uh, send me your murder mystery series recommendation, preferably something that came out in the last five years. Mm, I like so, that. That is the off-topic topic. Your recommendation for a uh, a murder mystery series can be dark, can be a little lighter, whatever, uh, 7804960063. I would recommend only murders in the building, and I would recommend bodies if you also have a palate and a patience for science fiction. And I'll just leave it at that. We will have a couple special guests on the show tonight. Kelly Rudy's going to check in. And we'll also have Luke Gazdick, as always, provided by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. He's next, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Darnell Nurse from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, he is a former Edmonton Oiler. He is now with Sportsnet. He joins Inside Sports regularly throughout the hockey season, provided by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. It is Luke Gazdick. Luke, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. How about yourself? Well, I'm doing great. Did you have a nice Christmas, my friend? Yes, it was outstanding. Um, got to see some friends and most importantly, some family. I have um, an older brother and sister that live uh, out west in Calgary, actually. So everyone was back home at my parents' house. It was uh, it was a very special time. Oh, that's nice. So who, dare I ask who your sister cheers for? Oh, she's an Oilers girl. Don't worry about it. She, uh, <laughs> she knows who to cheer for. She, she quickly fell into line. When you put that yes. jersey on, that's good. Yeah, it's funny because her boyfriend is born and raised in Banff and is a huge Flames fan. Um, and I, I just, I won't have any of it. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Well, good for you. Um, let's uh, let's touch on the Oilers, obviously, here. Man, oh, man. How about those third-period outbursts against the uh, against the Devils and then against the Rangers? When you're watching that, you know, that they, they stay in the game and then take it over, what, what's going through your mind? What's allowing them to do that, do you think? Yeah, it's interesting. That back-to-back has become a lot tougher than it has in the past. Not saying that particularly the Rangers haven't been good for a number of years, but uh, – the Devils have turned into a really good hockey team. And to have that right before the break, I understand there's no no travel, right? You're just kind of jumping on a bus, going under the Lincoln Tunnel or the Holland Tunnel, whatever it is. But uh, the travel's not that bad. But that is two tough teams and tough buildings right before the break. And, you know, I, I spoke last time when I was talking to you about how it was a bit distracting before Christmas. Um, you know, guys have flights booked back home and all that. Uh, so when I saw them go in there, uh, I actually think I felt better about the Devils game. I, I thought it was only a matter of time before they break through here. Uh, and then it just went wide open, right? Three goals in uh, however long it was. The Ranger game for me, which was much more concerning, I'd say. Uh, they, it was clear they didn't have their legs for the first two periods. Jonathan Quick was playing outstanding, and I thought it was going to be another shutout night for him. Uh, he was 9-0-1 on the year going into it. Uh, and they came out in the third period just flying, like they were shot out of a cannon. So it was it was very cool to see. I think that shows a lot of adversity from a team. You know, I said on TV in the post game after the Ranger game that I, I'm sure there was a couple leaders that spoke up in the dressing room at MSG there, particularly, and said, "Hey boys, you know we're we're not going home this way. We're not going home this easy." Uh, so it was pretty cool to see them come back. I will also add that. You know, offense like that, especially third period comebacks and scoring in bunches like that isn't necessarily sustainable, but I always hate to take a negative take. So it's really fun to watch. I'm just sure it's something they don't want to fall back to. But 
What a good thing to have in your mind going down the road here, down the stretch, when you're down a couple or down one or even tied going into the third, and you can think back to a very tough back-to-back and know that you've done it before, so it's possible. So I think it's a lot of things to build off for them. Well, and I'm wondering what you think, whether it's in the third period or other parts of games, Luke, I've always thought that good teams have the ability to do a lot of damage when they're playing well. You know what I mean? Because sometimes even the the poorest teams in the NHL can outplay the best teams in the NHL for a stretch of the game, but they might only come out of that stretch plus one, and then the good team can turn it on and come out of a 10- or 12-minute stretch plus three. Like I, I think that's a sign of a good team is that when you can put the other team on the back heel a little bit, you can really make them pay. Yeah, and I'd agree with that. I think the biggest part of that is you always hear this term, uh, they come at you in waves. And for a long time of this year, I'll say, I didn't see that from the Oilers, but Jersey, all four lines score. Uh, Rangers, you get a slumping Kane, a slumping Fogle. Uh, Everyone's now chipping in. And that is so cool to see. That's the mark of a good team is, yeah, Connor and Leon, whether they're on the same line or off the same line. Oh, that's another point I want to bring up after this. But that's another point in itself that those two can turn it on for 10 to 12 minutes. But then it's not like the Rangers get to take a break against the third or fourth line. They're also going to have to continue to play well against the bottom two lines. And I think that's been huge for them. And I think that's a really cool thing, too. Someone pointed it out that, in desperation times down at the end of both periods and going into the third down he didn't put those two together and that was something you saw woody do very often Uh, he kept them apart and it, it turned out well for them it's having offense generated from different avenues and i think that's just so tough to defend especially when you're on the road and they can match whoever they want it's like hey we don't care who you throw it throw out here we uh we can throw out any line and they're gonna go give us a shift well yeah i i, I like how you you put that and and i thought yeah they they were getting attacked from all the lines and um you know i i thought and i was asked earlier today i i did a hit on another show and they said what oilers uh, have been positives for you this season. And I identified Warren Fogle. Like, like, I know he doesn't get a ton of points, but I just think his consistency and his net drive and his and his forechecking have been very good. I know always the knock on him is he, he doesn't finish a lot of chances. But still, he's probably going to get you, you know, in the teens. And I, I just think even when the Oilers were playing really bad at the start of the season, he was usually having a lot of good nights, at least in how he can push the pace and forecheck. Yeah, I'd agree with that. My thing about Warren is I love him on his strong side. I think that coaches have had a tendency to put him on the right side, which is very hard. I don't know if I've talked to you about this before, but I've definitely talked about it on TV. Playing your off wing in the NHL is a very challenging thing, especially in the D zone. You're always on your backhand. Every breakout pass is coming around the, uh, on a rim to your forehand, but anything direct is on your backside, and you have to use your different peripherals to play. It does set you up for a lot of offense in the offensive zone because you can always lean into a one-timer, but he's a straight-line player, and I love to see him drive that far post, which is what he's doing now. Yeah, I love. I wish he, he could finish a little more. He'd have 30 goals if he could, you know, finish just a little more but i feel like he creates offense every game i feel like he whether it's a breakaway or it's some sort of offensive chance off a cycle off a net drive 
he creates offense every game I watch him play. And it's just, it can be frustrating to wish that he'd score more, but you can't fault the effort. He's a guy for me that brings a consistent effort game after game. Uh, it's just a little niche thing about him that I wish, I wish they kept him on the, his left side, on his strong side a little more. Luke Gazdick joining us tonight at Inside Sports. Luke, before I let you go, I just want to touch on this other story that has some people talking. Newfoundland and Labrador, minor hockey, no more post-game handshakes because of, uh, well, I guess a few bad apples that maybe ruined it for anybody. I'll, I'll let you take this wherever you want. If you want to comment on this actual decision or if you have a story from a, a handshake line or anything that got out of hand in your career. No, honestly, that is bizarre. And it's it's bizarre that it's Newfoundland in the first place. They seem to let anything fly out there. And I, for me, I've had a couple in my career, but nothing crazy and nothing disrespectful and no altercations because I think that's the thing that shows a real sign of maturity from a player and a team is to be able to go toe-to-toe with an opponent for, let's say, it's seven games, anywhere from four to seven games, or even it's just a single game, like in, in minor hockey, whatever it is, and be able to put that aside and shake an opponent's hand and look them out in the eye after a game and say, good job, uh, you know, good tilt. That, that takes a lot, of, uh, a lot of maturity, and it's bizarre to me that that's happening in Canada. I don't know all the details of what alterations there's been, but honestly, Reed, in the past, it's, it's all been pretty, uh, pretty mature stuff from us. I, I, we played uh, Milwaukee in the playoffs multiple years early in my career in the minors, uh, and that was always very cordial after, where guys just kind of, uh, you're almost too tired to even be mad anymore. Uh, unfortunately, didn't get any NHL playoff action but um yeah in the past it's it's been very cordial from my end yeah it's uh and it's funny because a lot of other sports have handshakes after every game but it's almost like selective you know the quarterback goes to the quarterback and they hug and run off the field you know so hockey doesn't do it as often but when they do do it it's very formal right I do. I think it's one of the greatest things about hockey. It's one of the things that I will always stay up and watch when the game ends or, you know, in the playoffs or Stanley Cup, whatever it is. I'm, I always stay up to watch the handshake and watch which guys talk to each other and former teammates embracing or two guys that had a really battle of a series. I think it's one of the coolest thing that, things that hockey does. Yeah. Okay. Luke, uh, I know you got a busy night here. I'll let you get back to work. We're going to do this again in a couple of weeks. Happy New Year, my friend. We'll talk to you in 2024. Thanks, you too, Reid. That is Luke Gazdick checking in, courtesy Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. We will update a busy NHL scoreboard, 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch on the Oilers and uh, the off-topic topic, the best murder mystery series to watch came out in the last five years. You can chime in with that. And Kelly Rudy's ahead as well.